Hi, I'm Lori. And I'm Andrea. We're excited to welcome you to the We Should Probably Talk About That podcast. We are so happy to have you here with us, and we can't wait to make it awkward. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the We Should Probably Talk About That podcast. Hello. We're back for yet another episode in season two. Do you feel super accomplished having two seasons? I do. We're I like mean, not beginners anymore. We're, not be- we're we're seasoned. We're seasoned into the two seasons. <laughs> I see what you did two. there. <laughs> I see what you did there. How are you? It's been I'm a while. Good. It kind of feels like it's been a while. It's been a while since we recorded. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes we record like three days before. Sometimes we record at the eleventh hour. Yeah. Which this is would what we're be the eleventh right hour. We've had a bit we've had some busy weeks. Gal, it's been a busy week I for know. sure. What have you been up to? What have uh, you been doing? I've tried to do spring cleaning, but at the same tried. time <laughs> I like that. At the same time that I'm doing that, we're cleaning out my aunt's house up in Ogden who oh, passed away three or four weeks ago. That's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, but it motivates me to be at her house because she was, I would have considered her a minimalist and yeah. like high end furniture. It kind of, she kind of had a home that didn't really feel lived in. Like you didn't, you weren't sure if you were allowed to sit on the couches and stuff. Sure. And just not stuff everywhere. Yeah. So I was like, this is going to be easy. We have like a couple couches to decide yeah. what to do with and a TV and some books. Has and then been easy. you get in there and you're like, wow. <laughs> She's just really good at storing she, stuff. She just has a lot of closets and cupboards yeah. and garage shelving. And, and I solved the 22-2020 toilet paper shortage that America experienced. It was all in my aunt's garage. <laughs> All of it. It was her side game. All of the toilet She was selling it out of her garage like a drug dealer. Oh my gosh. The amount... I sent a picture to my friend last night of my hallway. Because we split Wait, it. Wait, not to me? I know, I'll send it I to I thought you. I was like the number one friend. I'm sorry. What the hell? You've been replaced. <laughs> Anyways. No, it was literally floor to ceiling. And no my, way. My kids, my daughters couldn't get to their bedrooms of toilet paper, paper towels, and Kleenex. You're not going to have to go shopping ever again. For a long time. And that was a fifth of it. Because we split it five ways. She literally caused a big part of the problem in Utah. (laughs) Single-handedly. It's her fault. Damn it. Her fault. But anyway, so being there and cleaning her house has motivated me to clean mine. But then I've also brought a lot of stuff in from her house to my house. So you got to find where to put it. Cycle of whatever. So yeah, that's been a busy. So have you been tossing stuff? You know how they say like in your closet, every time you buy a new piece piece of clothing, you should toss one or give it away. Are you doing that with stuff you're bringing in? I'm trying to. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I'm like, because I have two cars right now currently. I need to not. Sounds like a personal problem. (laughs) (laughs) I have two completely paid for cars, just in case anyone wants to know. Good for you. How well put together I am and and how available I am. Just kidding. Um, and how, like how dateable, I am. Dateable. <laughs> she owns two cars. You put guys. that on your profile. I own two cars, <laughs> and she doesn't have a car payment. Yeah, hot. You're, yeah, you're probably gonna get a lot of swipes on that. Anyways. Anyway, so there's always one car that's full of stuff, and then we take the other car to school and work oh, or whatever. Then we empty that car and go back to my aunt's, and so I. So it's a, a storage unit. It is right now. Yeah, on your wheels. second car is a storage unit. Yeah, on so. Wheels. So this bad weather that we're having this week should 
motivate me to just stay home and go through stuff. No, it's it's thunderstorming. So if you yeah. hear any big loud noises, it's, crazy it's out there. right. It was just hailing yeah. as we got here and but yeah springtime makes me get excited about plants oh yes and so i've been hitting up all the local plant shops with a friend of mine and like yeah hitting the crack, hitting the crack dealers of plants too many plants i saw some of them last time i was up there they're I beautiful know. it's so fun it I is love fun plants if you had to guess since shoes you knew if 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 you missed that episode go clear back to our early episodes <laughs> don't call me out right rapid now. fires i think it was how many plants would you think you have? I know how many I have. See, you count that. I count. Okay, them. so shoes you counted. How many was it? Do you remember? 96. Pairs. And then, so plants, if you clear 96, I'm going to laugh. I don't have more than 96, but before I hit up these three plant stores with my friend, I had 67. Oh, geez. And now, I saw a bunch sitting on your table. None so of those are probably counted. in the 90s. I'm probably, I've probably bought at least a dozen plants this you week. You have as many shoes as you do plants. I know. Or plants as you do shoes. And I'm propagating now. I <laughs> Tell me how one propagates. I bought these cutest, I'll put them on our Instagram, these cutest little glass bulb things that have little wooden bases with a little metal bar that goes through them. And so they're these hanging glass vases Uh and then you cut out you snip little pieces from your hanging plants or your full plants and you stick them in does that work for all plants i'm trying it with like sprouts roots right yeah so if i count propagating i i have four five six seven eight nine nine you really are i'm probably over a hundred so this isn't just a drug habit it's a dealing habit now too you're turning into a dealer yeah and like a couple of the plant (laughs) stores you can do propagation propagation traits oh that's brilliant to go get different kinds yeah and then my friend that i've been going with he texts me a picture that he bought me a new plant so i got to pick that up from him so is this kind of cloning for money (laughs) (laughs) is this illegal no it brings me joy and you know that's good bonding with my plants i like that that brings you joy Way easier than bonding with people these days <laughs> yes I, I understand that completely. um and i went but i went on a field trip this morning mm. to a water fair have what? you ever been to a water fair uh no it's about as boring as it sounds <laughs> in the rain were you outside it was it was indoors at the davis county fairgrounds those big buildings sounds super boring Last time I was there, they were drive How many kinds of water are there? I got vaccinated in that building last time I was Ditto. there. Drive through. Ditto. No, I got swabbed in that building. I think I got tested there once too, but I also got jabbed. But anyway, um, there was like six stations and I got to stroke a snake. <laughs> Put that on your dating profile too. <laughs> it was impressive. I got complimented by how well I... Stroke the snake. snake. (laughs) (laughs) Two fingers, apparently, is the key. Is the key to stroking, amongst other things. (laughs) I'm twelve. I'm twelve, and I and like my little group of kids. I love these kids so much. Like these little fifth graders. We kept getting in trouble. Like the teacher had to keep coming over to us and being like, "You guys, we're indoors." Use your. And so then I'd be like, "You guys, I've been telling you, we're indoors," and I'm like just you're <laughs> on one today they're cute it was stroking fun. a snake will do that to you stroking a snakes don't dump your ducks don't buy ducks as a pet and then dump them do you, do you want to know the life expectancy for if you see a white duck 
in a public pond. Okay. It was a pet. It is not a... <gasps> really? Someone bought it to be cute in their Easter basket for their kid, and then we're like, oh... Who the hell would do that? A lot of people do it. A duck? A duck. What do you do with a duck after you buy it? Put it in your bathtub? Well, see, I have chickens, and so I'm kind of, you know, a fan of fowl, if Okay, you know. but chickens don't need water. Ducks need I water. I know, but I bought... F- I bought four ducks last March a year ago to, to I'm, admit, I'm confessing this right now, to be the entertainment at my youngest daughter's birthday party ducks? last March. Ducks. You bought ducks? Yeah. What four. the hell did you do with them? I kept them in a pool, a kiddie pool. But you, then. You're being completely serious. You purchased ducks for a birthday party. Yes. Lord. I can't be friends with you. You're you're a Pinterest mom. But hang on. Listen to what I did. So they were great. They were the entertainment for the kids' birthday party. And then they moved to, they relocated to California because my kids' grandparents there have a yard that is like waterfalls and ponds and all kinds of like cages for, they have chickens and I think they, I don't know what else they have. But well, anyway, so I the want ducks, a unicorn for my birthday party. You want a unicorn? Yeah, oh, just so you know. Don't think I haven't done that either. Oh, shit. Like, I hired a company that was like a white horse that they turned into a unicorn. I've done some crazy. I used to, I'm in recovery for extreme parties. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Hannah. Okay. Anyway, so don't dump your ducks. Don't um, dump your ducks. It's good that bugs are in good water. Uh, don't dump your soapy water into the storm drains. That's not what this episode's about. Why are you sharing so many tips I right now? I just feel like, I feel like I'm not doing my part. Nope. So this is uh, really like... I veto the rest of them. Changing. Changing yeah. my ways. Yeah. Do you want to hear about me now? Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's a wrap. Thanks for being here. <laughs> uh, yes. What are you up to? About me. Well, let me see. Um... My golf clubs were super duper old, so I went and got yes. myself a new set of golf clubs. I didn't even know you golfed. Yeah. I had tendonitis in my left elbow. It was starting when I was golfing a lot with my husband at the time. And so I kind of parked my clubs. And now that I am getting close to softball retirement age, um, I'm still going to play this year. We'll see how it goes. You start this week right uh-huh i have a game on thursday if it's not if it's not cold, snowing i know i start on thursday yeah so um so i went and got a new set of golf clubs went to the driving range um my boyfriend golfs and so we're gonna try to get out and go golfing um i do have i do have an update to share that somewhat triggered this and a couple of other episodes so i found out a few weeks ago one of my ex-husband's and or his wife is listening to the podcast. Okay. And how'd you last week I found out the other ex-husband and or his wife is listening. So welcome oh. to our new viewers, my exes or their wives. <laughs> oh wait, we're not viewers, we're listeners. We're happy to have you. Yeah. And so I found it really interesting. One wait, are you gonna say how you found out one, or no? one um has been looking at my TikTok profile. So I'm not positive that they've listened, but they've listened or they've read a blog in the past that I had. Mm-hmm. And then one, I will not mention how. Actually, I can mention how. One, um, when I had my podcast a year ago, he mentioned to me, I might have mentioned this on an episode, that uh, my daughter was acting a certain way because of my 
of my podcast and how I talk trash about him. Oh, okay. I remember that. And yeah. And, but there's other ways that I choose not to answer just for different reasons. So, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so, um, you know, it, it flabbergasted me and I talked to Andrea here about it and I was like, I just don't understand. Um, which, you know, if they have stuff to learn or they want to learn about me, okay. You know, they could always just ask, but I don't understand because both of these gentlemen, um, chose to be deceitful and carry on whether it be emotional or otherwise relationships with other women. And so I was really confused during your marriage, during my marriage. Yes. So I was really confused as to why, like why it's, I've been divorced from one almost seven years and the other one, oh gosh, like 12, 13. And so it was a bit surprising to me. So, um, that kind of transitions into some of this episode, which I want to talk today a little bit about why we need to feel safe in relationships in order for them to work. Women especially. Okay. Mm-hmm. So because we're women, we are women <laughs> and men. Yes. I'm sure need to feel safe too, but women more so. And so Andrew and I were talking about it and something that these feelings brought up is in a way it makes me feel like I'm being watched and it kind of like is a mind game. I think a little bit, not, yeah. not that I'm worried about it, but it's like, are you guys listening? And then doing this to play a mind game with me because I really could give a shit less. I don't care if you know about my life. I'm not going to filter myself. You know, this is about helping people through their journeys, through our journeys. And so I really got to thinking a lot about the current relationship I'm in compared to those two relationships. And I can honestly say early on, I began not feeling safe in either of those relationships. Hmm. So what do I mean by that? Yeah. What I mean by that is, so for... And were you married? Were you, did you feel safe in the dating stages with both? At first, yes. But you saw signs before you got married. I will very clearly state, and this is why I want to share it. Because women, you think these are small things. Mm -hmm. And you think, that's not really who he is. That was just a mistake. He didn't really mean that. He really said he, whatever that is, you always poo-poo it off and and kind of fluff it off. And we try to see the best. Men do this too, I'm sure. Yeah. But um, but it, after I got married to my first husband, there were clear signs. We've talked about this on an episode. I, he yelled at me on our honeymoon. I didn't feel safe when he, he at the top of his lungs, yelled at me. Wow. Um, That proceeded to going to a strip club when I was six months pregnant. I didn't feel safe. And that's really when our relationship started changing. Um, Because there's a lot, there's a lot to be said about safety in a relationship. So um, before I go on, I want to, there's something I pulled up that I want to share. So um, women want to feel safe in a relationship. It used to be for financial security, right? That used to probably be the number one. Exactly. Exactly. Right. You, you know, your dad gave him your dowry of three cows and he took you on as a wife and was responsible Mm. for you. Right. Not so much anymore, but that, you know, that's definitely it. physical security. It's definitely in our biology and our DNA that we are not equipped to handle big predators 
And so we definitely look for a strong masculine man to help protect us, right? Yeah. Emotional security. Same type of thing. Men just seem to have um, more of a presence in a room. And they um, can handle more emotionally. We are developed... Mm, I don't know if I agree that they can handle more emotionally. I, I say handle more meaning they're not as not emotional. Not let the emotions take That's over. what okay. I meant. Yes. Okay, okay. Thank you for clarifying. They, we're emotional. We're nurturing. We're, you know, we love to nest. That's just who we are. Mm-hmm. Whereas men can kind of just take it and compartmentalize it a little bit. Right. Yeah, right? I agree with that. Right. And so, um, but another reason why safety comes in line is we want someone who's loyal to us. We want someone, you know, where there's no infidelity. We want someone who's committed. And so all of these things add to the security in the relationship. And those are just a few examples, right? Mm -hmm. And when women don't feel secure, they don't open up. They're not extremely vulnerable because they don't feel safe, right? And so even in my second marriage, before I was married, I found out my husband at the time was texting an old girlfriend. And I still went through and married him and forgave that. And it continued to be a problem in our relationship. So going into that, I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast, but I've shared it with you and I'll state it. I stood there doing our vows, looking in his eyes, thinking, I wonder if we're going to get divorced. I hope to God we don't. Really? I very much did. And women, (laughs) I'm sharing this story to tell you that if you feel like that, you should not be standing there getting married. You should not. And Mm -hmm. very clear signs that we should not be moving forward. I'm thankful for both my marriages. I have four kids and one daughter from both of them. And I'm thankful for the lessons I learned. But... Now that I'm in the relationship that I'm in and I understand what feeling emotionally, physically, spiritually safe and connected means, it's complete night and day. Mm -hmm. And so finding this information out early this week made me think, you know what? It's that was like a very clear night and day example to me, like. Wow, because that's so much of my past. I haven't really thought much about my exes. And so being in this relationship and then finding out my ex and or his spouse are listening made me realize how broken things were back then and how unsafe I felt. Yeah. Yeah. So does um, it change how you're feeling about, you know, like I I try to not think about who might be listening. Like I want to I want to just put our experiences and whatever out there because I know that my kid's dad listens yeah I mean I told him about the podcast because I didn't want it to be a shock if he heard about it later and there's been a couple times where he's reached out and said is it true that you went to Atlanta with a guy named this and a guy named this and is it true and I'm like yeah I, you heard it on the podcast. Everything yeah. I'm saying is true. Yeah. And I finally had to say to him, if it's hard for you to hear my story, stop listening. Don't tune in. I can't have you calling me every week and saying, is that really true? Or is that, you know, because I'm not doing anything that I feel is like disrespecting him. Yeah, or, or vengeful. I'm just living my life and I'm sharing experiences along the way. Exactly. But it there is that feeling of like, oh, who's going to text me about that? And who's, and, but I don't want to feel that way. Nor like, do I. Like I've listened to podcasts of people that I know and I'm just like, that's not true. 
why aren't you telling the truth? You know, I had a, I had a sibling that used to have a podcast and, and he was, and you can do it however you want, but I felt like he was very protective of certain experiences from our childhood and, and dynamics in the relationship that we all had struggles with our dad. And I'd hear his story and I'm just like, no, it wasn't. It didn't happen like that. Like yeah. our dad, you yeah. know, and like I, you know, I've gone through a long reconciliation process with my dad and have had a lot of lows and a lot of highs and we're pretty stable now. But like, I feel like you can tell when someone's stepping into their truth and sharing and when someone's filtering to protect a certain audience. And so that's always been my goal with this podcast is to share my truth. Right. No matter what comes back as a repercussion of... Yes, that's been our goal the entire time. And that was the goal with my personal podcast that I started and haven't picked up much since because honestly I just love being here with you it's just the best thing ever (laughs) thank you no but really that was our goal and and I have no ill will towards my exes I wish them nothing but the best they're my kids dads like you know Mm -hmm. this is not to air dirty laundry this is not the purpose of this is you being 43 Mm -hmm. me being 52 We've lived some stuff. Yeah. We've learned a lot. We've spent hours in the counseling chair and reading books and blogs and whatever it is to try to understand the choices that we made. And so we try to share our journeys here to help people who don't dare talk about stuff Mm -hmm. like this. Right. So no, I do not filter when I'm on here. Do I filter and not share names or not you know i'd like my stories that aren't ours to tell exactly right yes i um my current relationship i don't share a lot about it i don't want to but they'll be like for instance the reason why this episode came up is because of it and so i really want to do justice to my past and to my present and that is no one's fault i'm not saying my exes are bad men I chose poorly for me. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I hope they're happy in their relationships. You know, I don't understand why they would choose to follow what I'm doing, but I did not feel safe. And that carries over. I did not feel safe in one of my marriages that he would financially cover his part of the bills. I did not feel safe in another one of my marriages that he would um, not lose his temper and scream and yell and damage my child mentally. I did, you know, and, and as a woman, if you don't feel safe, it's very hard to be intimate, Mm -hmm. to be vulnerable, to be open, to connect. And, you know, we did a masculine and feminine energy episode and it hit me in the moment. You'll remember when I said, Holy cow, I'm sure when I took over, my husbands were like, I want to be masculine, right? But then after that, I thought, you know what? Nobody was doing it, so I did it. And so in a way, I needed them to be masculine, to step up and lead, to take control, and to help me feel safe. And so it's kind of a, you know, full circle thing that as women, we want to know we have a partner in the marriage. We want to know that we can trust you with our deepest, darkest secrets and our feelings and we won't get made fun of. I mean, you know, in one of my marriages, I couldn't be weak. I couldn't take naps. I couldn't, you know, if I cried about anything, it was fluffed off. And so when you're not feeling safe, 
you can't connect the way a husband and wife should. It's yeah. just not possible. It's not. Or even just partners at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. And I didn't realize how important that was. And I didn't realize that I went into my second marriage not feeling safe. I went into that with a lot of shame, a lot of insecurities, a lot of secrets. I went into that thinking this is this is good enough. Yeah. And that feeling, and, and I think if we talk a little bit about, you know, speak to women that are listening about how to find safe partners and safe relationships or how to make changes in your marriage if yes. you're married to feel more safe. Like that's one of the biggest things for me is that we've, we're in this scarcity mindset where we, we really do feel like this is good enough. This is probably as happy as I'm ever going to be. And I guess it's enough. Yeah. And that's how my, the beginning of my second marriage was. And I, I remember consciously thinking like, I have to be something different to be loved by him. I have to stay in this new role, this new version of me that I've created to have someone love me. That's who I have to be now. Right. And, it, and I think a lot of women do that. I do too, especially because of our upbringing as women. We are mm-hmm. taught to always evaluate everybody's feelings. How are you? How are you? Are you doing okay? You know, and then we become mothers. And so we're very attuned to everybody's emotions and we're twisting and morphing ourselves around it and trying to make everybody happy. And, you know, he needs me to be strong, but my daughter over here needs me to be quiet and listen and support. And so we're constantly morphing who we are to fit the situation in a way. And that's not anybody's fault per se, because we take that on ourselves too. And it's an unfortunate thing that, it used to be that we didn't empower our daughters. Have a voice, speak your needs, set your boundaries, you know, mm-hmm. because sugar and spice and everything nice, that's what little girls are made of, right? Mm-hmm. So you're always the, you're always compliant and you're always being, you know, sweet and susceptible to people taking advantage of you. And, yeah. and so that's why we bring it up on our podcast a lot is to always check in with yourself and your gut. And had we done that and had we known those tools, we probably wouldn't have moved forward with our marriages because we were faking it half the time. Yeah. You know, that chameleon behavior that we've talked about. And for me, it was seeing the good in everybody and falling in love with their potential or the promises they made without looking straight at the actions and saying, wait a minute, how do I feel? And what are examples of this? I want to talk about the examples of this. Number one, ladies, if you're dating right now, there's a saying, if he wanted to, he would, or no answer is your answer, right? So if you're sitting there waiting for a guy to text you, waiting for a guy who said, Hey, I want to go out this weekend. Let's do dinner. And then he's not texting you. He's not texting you. He's not texting you. Do you send a text to confirm and say, Hey, I just wanted to follow up. Da, 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 da. Because what that is doing is that's creating issues in your nervous system and you're feeling uneasy and you're feeling unsafe and you're in your fight or flight because you don't know what the plans are and he's not following through and he's not being consistent. And so in a way you're indirectly feeling uneasy or unsafe. Yeah. And, and by you reaching out after they haven't followed through with what they said 
would work this weekend or we should do this and then there's no follow through you reaching out to them is your way of sending them a message saying breadcrumbs are enough exactly and then you'll feel unsafe for the rest of your relationship because mm-hmm. you feel like you have to prove yourself yep like if i if i try harder he'll start trying and it's just this cycle that women get in so often with feel not and it makes you feel like you're not enough and the truth is and that's goes back to the scarcity scarcity mindset yep there is an abundance of good partners good potential partners oh, good men men and women yeah and women yeah yep. yep but we find one that pays enough attention for us to say okay i got him to notice me and now I'll work really hard to prove that I'm worthy of love and affection and attention. My head just exploded when you said paid enough attention because a lot of my friends and the way I used to be, that is exactly what it was. He's paying attention to me. So he likes me. Mm -hmm. That's not the case. Mm -mm. That is not the case. Yeah. Well, and I think we're, we're in a, I don't know what it is, but we're, what's happening now is that we're preaching heal yourself and be enough on your own. And I think that we're taking that to an extreme where we're like, we go into hyper independence, which is actually a trauma response. Yep. And so then the idea of having needs in a relationship feels like we're too much. Yep. And we need to normalize having needs as being okay. It's okay to have needs in a relationship. Like I want, you know, we, we always talk about no one else is going to make you happy. Happiness is, it's your own work. You have to be happy yep. on your own. But you can, I mean, we've, we've both spent time with people where our happiness is so enhanced by another person. Yeah. But we're also happy alone. And we're happy with our kids. And we're happy, you know, you, you've talked about you know, your massages and going to a movie alone and all these things. And, and me and my plants, me and my plants are, (laughs) you're a plant lady, but it's okay to have needs in a relationship. It's okay to be excited to have a good morning text. It's okay to, you know, have your partner tell you or desire having a partner that compliments you on your appearance. Um, it's, and it's okay to speak your needs, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's okay to want to be a priority to someone. You know, I think we we drop into this role of like, when he gets around to it, when he's not busy, when whatever, I'm sure he cares. But it's okay to enjoy compliments and feeling prioritized and having them pay attention to things you like and doing nice things. And But yeah, we're in this good enough Right. Hyper-independent state where it's like, how do you make a relationship work when you, I don't know. No, I think I, that's exactly what it is. And I think if you really, it's almost like you could, I'm picturing a dot to dot right now of our episodes, right? Mm -hmm. Because us not feeling safe and authentic in our relationships, we were chameleons. Mm Mm-hmm. We didn't set boundaries because we weren't, we didn't feel safe enough to say them without getting, whether it be repercussions or 
you know, or belittled. Or abandoned. Yes, right? Because it was too much. Right. And so we also couldn't be weak and tell them, I can't do this on my own. Mm-hmm. You turned to alcohol and I just turned to living for my kids and, and investing so much in them. Um, we didn't feel seen. We didn't feel heard. We didn't feel understood. And all of those are safety mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And so that's why this episode means so much to me because I'm 52 and I can finally say, and there's no guarantees in my relationship where it's going or where it's headed. It's still early. We're still figuring it out, but I feel safe to express my needs. Mm -hmm. I feel safe to be vulnerable and share something very personal that I've never shared with anybody. I feel safe to be truly myself, whether it be loud and obnoxious or quiet and sincere. You know, you've talked about your emotions being too much in your childhood. My emotions were too much in my first marriage. And then my needs in my second marriage was you want everything perfect. No, I'm just expressing my needs. This is what I need. Yeah. And you're allowed to have needs. You are. You're allowed to openly express those needs. Yeah. You're, all of these things need to be normalized in relationships or we're just going to bottle it up. And we're going to hope that at some point it feels safe enough to kind of sneak in this thing that I need from my partner. No, you have to find a partner that it feels completely safe to reach out and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. And, and, And need for validation. Like, we're all carrying some trauma. No matter how much work you've done, you're taking stuff into the next relationship. And to be able to say to someone hey, you didn't do this to me, but when you said this, it triggered this old response in me from a previous relationship. And I just need like a little reassurance. Exactly. I need a little validation. I, I maybe sound crazy, but it's just stuff that has kind of come back to the surface for me. And it's not, it doesn't take a lot to, at least for me, I've said this to people openly, like it doesn't take a lot to reassure me, but I do need it once in a while. Yeah. Well, and to share a story, I hope my girlfriend's okay with me sharing this. My friend who lives in San Francisco, we were speaking with her. Um, We went to Napa, and it was me, my boyfriend, and her. And she said, you know, this this isn't easy, you know, figuring this stuff. She said, but I I carried my stuff in, and her partner, who's now her husband, would say, you're not reacting to me right now. Yeah. You're reacting to someone from your past. And I was like... Wow, that's beautiful. And not in a, like, this doesn't have to do, right? It was just a very calm, take a minute. Mm -hmm. You're not reacting to me. Mm -hmm. I can tell, right? So even if you're not, even if you're not self-aware, hopefully your partner can be, or if you're a partner and your, your current partner is freaking out, it's okay to say, wait a minute, I think this is coming from somewhere else, right? Yeah, and the fact that her husband didn't react to her reaction. Because we do. That's huge, though. It's huge. And if we can learn that when somebody reacts in a kind of explosive way, if we can pay attention to how they're really reacting and say, like, that's not directed at me, that's a projection of something else, we'll stop taking things so personally. And when you can communicate and say... I can tell that's not about me because oh. I know what we have. Yeah. And so let's talk through that. Like, where did that trigger come from? Where yep. is that response coming from? Yep. Like, it's powerful. It's and a you powerful have to, thing to master. You have to be vulnerable enough to think. Like, 
this is what I picture in my head. Him saying, this woman is completely psycho. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the hell she's yelling at. He has two moments. One, react from his ego Mm -hmm. and fight back. Or two, react from a loving place and saying, I'm here for her. Let me help her understand this so I can understand it better. And, and that's being vulnerable. So he felt safe enough to be vulnerable enough to say it to her. Yeah. Right? Because if you don't feel safe, you're not going to say, I think this is coming from somewhere else because you just get lashed at again. Right? Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, you being her in this case, feel safe enough to say, you're right. Mm-hmm. It is. Because he knew her story. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. How many of the stories we have shared here did we tell our exes in our marriage? Right? <laughs> yeah. Truly. Yeah. Like there are things I did not feel safe enough to express in my first marriage at all. Mm-hmm. Whether it be I don't feel safe enough with you to have amazing sex, it's never about me, whatever, or it makes me feel unsafe when you're spending the money and you don't know what our budget is or it's, and that's why it all goes back to feeling safe because Mm -hmm. you can be vulnerable. You can listen to understand where they're at instead of being on the defense. Mm -hmm. Like she's going to lash me. So I got to get ready to fight back ready with my response or stonewall or I got to project my own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Yeah. And I, you know, we're talking, we've talked a lot about, you know, that we gravitate to familiarity, even if it's unhealthy. And I think this is, this is one of those, like our, our nervous system chooses what's familiar always. And so if our childhood, and this is something I've noticed about myself and I hate, like, I want (laughs) to, I want to believe that I'm more healed than I actually am, but I, continuous so I guess I'm just thankful for my self-awareness but I found myself even recently like looking at friendships and relationships and even groups of people but dynamics that have changed pretty significantly over the past couple months and I think like what was it about that that kept me holding on for so long yeah and it's because it was a familiar chaos that I grew up with and my nervous system gravitated to that because the little inner child couldn't get the attention I needed at home, couldn't feel peaceful or safe at home. Yeah. So now this 43-year-old version of me that spent thousands of dollars on therapy and rehab and treatment and all these things, yeah. I still gravitate to familiar chaos rather than unfamiliar peace because I. it's almost like the adult version of me wants to prove to that little inner child, like, no, 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 watch. I got it now. I'm going to get what I need. But it's still so unhealthy to beg for attention, to beg for, you know, someone to meet you in your mess and validate you. If they, that's not asking too much. That's asking the wrong person. It is. And, and for you to feel in love with yourself and safe enough with your own choices to walk away when you see it's not right. Yeah. That's the harder thing. Because when you're a kid, you can't walk away. No. You got to figure out how your brain has to help you survive that chaos so in adulthood it's like no 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 i've i've stayed in this my whole life so i can stay in it now but now i get to choose now i can say no yeah there's so much better out there yeah i can find a safe place and they exist but in childhood 
you don't get to just hop to the next house. Right? So you go live at least here? Bye. Safe here. You guys got the good snacks. <laughs> it's true though. And that, you know, as, as this has been evolving for me, it's crazy to me all the things coming up from my childhood, which also is like, you can't heal in a vacuum. Sometimes you need to be in a relationship to heal some of those mm-hmm. old things. So I'm going to share this story and then we'll see if you have anything else to share. But we were at the airport getting ready to go to San Francisco and he pulls up um, a crossword game on his phone and he's like, do you like crossword puzzles? And, you know, I'm like, well, yeah, I played them back in the day, but I'm like a wordle or whatever person on my phone or words with friends, but I've never done crossword puzzles on my phone. So he's like, well, let's play this. And I, and um, my boyfriend is very smart. He loves history. He's, you know, very technically smart. And so I was like, oh, you're going to kill me. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to contribute much, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, he's like, no, no, come on. So first of all, he gave me a safe place. Like, no, don't say that or however he said it. And so we're sitting there and I'm kind of leaning over his shoulder and we're looking at words together. And one of the questions has to do with presidents. One of, I, I don't even remember what it was, but I said, oh, babe, I, I suck so bad at history and stuff. I said, I probably don't even know. I couldn't name any of the presidents before um, Lyndon B. Johnson. And he goes, yes, you can. And I was like, I, oh, seriously, I can't. And he's like, babe, who got shot to put in Lyndon B. Johnson? And I was like, oh yeah, JFK. And so then he brought up something else. Okay, so who was the president XYZ? Who was, and <laughs> in my entire life, Andrea, I've shied away from looking stupid uh-huh. because I'm an overperformer to look yeah. competent, Me too. to gain love, right? I'm not good at being a beginner. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at looking stupid. I'm not. And so I looked at him in this moment of vulnerability and shame based. And I said, I don't think you understand. If you ask me about English stuff or math or, but, or entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. Or any of that. And, and he says, okay, so when we were in World War II, did you know how blah, 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 blah. And I felt vulnerable enough. And I was like, no, tell me a bore. Tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. And he continues to talk. And in that moment, I felt so seen and loved. Yeah. And it's going to make me choke up. And I looked at him and I said, I need to tell you something. I feel so safe being a beginner and learning with you. And I want to tell you, thank you for creating this space for me. Mm. I have never in 52 years felt safe enough to admit, I don't know that, but I want to learn. Because in my first marriage, I had to know it all. I had to have it all together, right? And in my second marriage, by then I had a decent job and I just was doing all the things and living and keeping our family of eight kids together. And, you know, and, and we had our own world, but it wasn't evolved and multiple subjects and multiple learning experiences Mm -hmm. and for the safety that he has created and I've created with him, it made that moment so special, so special to me because I didn't feel like I had to be perfect. And even with golf, we were talking about going golfing. We haven't been together yet. And I said, I hated golfing because my brothers and both of my ex-husbands were great at golf and I suck at it. And I would get frustrated and I would just be like, just pick up my ball. I'm done. And my brothers can attest to this. And I just felt like everybody was waiting for me and the people behind me. And 
because I'm a perfectionist. And I told him, you're going to have to be patient with me. And he told me, you know what? It's not going to matter. I'm not excellent. It's all about being outside and enjoying Mm -hmm. our day and enjoying each other. And see, that's the reassurance. That's the simple, like it does not take that much to make you feel safe. Yeah, because if I would shank a ball, I would feel like an idiot. Because my brothers or my husbands drove it 280 yards up the fairway and I drove it four feet off the toe and it's right by the tee box. Like, and then you're like, well, I'm an idiot and I have to hit five balls to catch up to their one. And now they're all annoyed. Even though in all of their defense, they would all be like, Lori, it's fine. Lori, it's fine. But I felt shame because I sucked at something. Yeah. I felt shame because the people behind us are coming up to the tee box now and all my brothers are mm-hmm. close to the it's hole. It's like a pressure. Yeah. And I just, I was like the five-year-old for some reason who feels shame that I'm not good. Yeah. And so seeing safety, the way it's involved into our intimacy, into our conversations, into our leaning on each other for help, it's crazy how how important it is. Mm-hmm. And which is why I wanted to do an episode about it. So ladies or men, if you're out there and you're confused because he hasn't texted you back or you're confused because he's like, I don't deserve you. I'm not good enough for you. Or you're confused because he says, I really like spending time with you, but I don't want to be in a relationship. That's you're not safe in those environments. And we could give 12 million examples that we have heard dating. Yeah. And they're not safe. Yeah. They're not safe. And so, and that doesn't mean they're dangerous and going to be sociopaths, it's but. It's going to be hard on your emotions and on your nervous system. Yes. And, and you don't have the foundation to create a relationship when you're in that realm. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing, one, this is a little bit offshoot of feeling safe, but first of all, I love that whole airport crossword puzzle example yeah. you shared. Cause I, I was, I felt myself when you're talking about when was the how far back can you go with the presidents? I'm like, ugh. I couldn't even like, name the capitals. <laughs> I couldn't even point out all 50 states on a map. But like, I, I know that feeling of like, I want to... Because I kind of want to impress you. Yeah, and that reminds me of that game we've played with friends that mind the gap. Is that what it's called? Yes. With like the generations and the questions and trivia. Yes. Like, I've had moments in that game where I'm like, I have no idea i know i know (laughs) and he was on my team and and that's one thing i love about him too is he's like um i'm great at trivia and i go i'm not and he goes but you're great by my side because all the things he doesn't know i seem to know like the entertainment like the fluffy culture yeah Yeah. pop culture that's our subject we got that one down yeah no but one other thing though when you were talking about the i think you were saying the things that make you nervous or scared or insecure like a conversation i've had with two women in the past week about the end of relationships that they've had recently, their big thing is how much they miss their their ex. And does this does this feeling of how deeply I miss them mean that I I should have worked harder at it or I should have tried oh, harder? Yeah. And and I gave this kind of dumb example, but I feel like it was pretty helpful. Like I I said to them, like I miss I miss drinking wine once in a while. But sure. I know that it is not a good decision for me to make. And so I won't go back to that. And, you know, we've talked about going to the tanning salons and spring coming and we want to be tan for summer. Like I used to go tanning 
all the time. On yeah. A very regular. I had like an unlimited monthly membership that I would pay and I would go tanning like every day. Yeah. And I was bronze and all everything I wanted covered up all of my stretch marks, you know, tan it stretch does. marks. It does. It does help with those belly marks. marks. But then I had, then I spent $4,000 having precancerous spots removed and laser treatments. And I know that's not good for me. I can miss it. I can miss that feeling of relaxing yeah. in a tanning bed and acknowledge that I miss that. Yeah. But and you can move that through it's it. not good for me. <laughs> so I won't go back to that. I'm pasty white. Yeah. And I, I can't go back and... Well, and there are reasons. That's what these ladies need to remember. We always seem to romanticize the good part, right? Mm -hmm. Tanning in this case. I love the way I look when I wear my white shirt and it makes my hair look blonder and, you know, yeah. it makes me feel less heavy or whatever the things are that we sell ourselves. Yeah. But there's a real reason why. And it's you're not safe. Mm -hmm. You don't go tanning because it's not safe. Yeah. Don't go back to him because for some reason you didn't feel safe, whatever yeah. that was. And it's okay to miss them. You can let yourself totally. miss it. You can let yourself think about the good times. Yeah. And know that there's a reason it ended. Yeah. And that you need to keep moving forward. Yeah. And that's really what relationships are. And that, that brings up an episode I would love to do, you know, someday. It's just be in the moment and enjoy where it's at. You don't know where it's going to head. But just be in the moment. There are lessons there or there is, you know, a longevity of a relationship. But whatever it is, you'll learn something from mm -hmm. it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Okay. We're done for today. That's it. All right. Look for, look for those signs, you guys. Feeling safe opens up a whole new world. It does. All right. We'll okay. talk to you later. Have a good week. Bye.